Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Hey, how are you guys doing this morning? Good? All right. I'm excited to share the word with you today. We're going to jump right into scripture. How many have your Bibles? Let me see it. Lift it up in the air. I got, I got to be able to see it. Come on. It's on your phone. That's all right. Open up to Genesis chapter 3. This is technically week two of Hot Ones. Took a little bit of a hiatus during our uh, fifth anniversary. That was so much fun. I enjoyed that. Uh, got some pizza and some ice cream and 14 people baptized. Come on. Come on. I'm excited to see how God uses each and every single person that went under the water last week. And, uh, but I'm also excited to be able to share this word with you today. Genesis chapter 3, Hot Ones, week 2. We're going to be talking about Eve and the serpent. So for many of you that may not be familiar with the Garden of Eve, of Eden, sorry. Adam and Eve were the first humans ever created by God. He breathed life into them, and they were walking through a garden. It was paradise. It was perfect. But they were tempted by the devil, also known as the serpent in this passage, to find some satisfaction outside of God. God gave them a choice, because what is love if it's forced? Hello. So God gave them a choice, and Eve chose poorly. And so here we are today. And uh, just to give you a little bit of context, before we dive into the scripture today, uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, And your best impression has God really indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat, nor you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate it. Topic that I want to challenge or talk through today in Hot Ones is this idea called purpose, calling and purpose. Like here on earth, this is, there's many nuances when it comes to, to purpose, um, but for the most part, I'm going to do my best to kind of lay a foundation to purpose. And who knows, this might be a two part uh, a message that I'm sharing here today because uh, I feel like it's something that our church really needs to grab a hold of. If, uh, if you weren't here last week, I talked about plants, and uh, uh, I took an approach like a botanist would in terms of like if you plant it in a, and uh, I just wanted to use that word, if you plant it in a pot or if you plant it in the ground, it can deep, dig, dig deep roots and, or it doesn't dig roots and doesn't produce fruit. Um, but I really want to talk to you about this topic of purpose, and uh, I'm calling this message, take notes, write it down, take notes, because you're not going to remember everything I say. Uh, the message title today is, The Grass Isn't Greener. The grass isn't greener. Are you guys ready for the preaching of the word today? Come on, come on, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word that is true. God, I pray that you would speak to us today. I know you're with us. God, I pray that you'd open our ears to hear you. Open our eyes to see you this day. God, we're hungry for you. Just right now, church, open up your hands and say these words after me. Say these words. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus today. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on. 
It's going to be a great day, and I'm excited to share with you today so many great faces in the house of God. Great job being in church today. Now, there's one thing highlight about this weekend is that we didn't play football yesterday, so it was a, it was a bye week, so we won. <laughs> you can say it within that regard. Uh, but I want to talk to you this idea of purpose, and, and, and purpose can be tricky because what kind of purpose are you talking about? Is it, are we talking about godly purpose? Are we talking about uh, man purpose? Are we talking about uh, purpose within family? Pur what kind of purpose are we talking about? And particularly, I want to talk about your purpose within the kingdom of God. Your purpose within the kingdom of God. So just write that down. That, that first point that we're talking about today is just purpose. Purpose. What does it mean to have purpose? Everyone's searching for purpose, right? We're all searching for fulfillment. And many of us has, have lived long enough lives to where you know when there's some things in your life that are just unfulfilled. And whether you're in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, 60s, 70s, you kind of know that there's this longing inside of you for something greater than what you are doing at the moment. How many have ever been there before? Well, can I see a show of hands? Where you, there's just something greater that I feel like I'm supposed to be living for. That's what I like to refer to as our purpose. What are we actually after? And the thing about purpose is that uh, we can pursue things that aren't necessarily God's divine given purpose for our lives. How many have ever been there before? Where I've done something, I said, you know what? I don't think that was God's purpose for my life. And in order to know the difference between the, the two, you need to have this one word, say this with me, or say this after me, say discernment. Discernment. You have got to be able to have discernment. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, God granted him one wish. It, really, it was like one wish. He gave all these things to God. He did all this stuff. And God was like, hey, I'm pleased with your heart that you have. I will ask me anything and I'll give it to you. And he didn't ask for money. He didn't ask that all of his enemies would be subdued. He asked for a wise and discerning heart. First Kings chapter three, verse nine. It says, so give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. How many know it's important to be able to distinguish when it comes to our purpose between the right purpose and the wrong purpose? How many ever been there before? I just gotta be able to distinguish. I need discernment to know the difference between the right purpose and the wrong purpose. And there can be something that looks good. There can be something that looks like the godly way of life, the godly purpose that he has for me. But in the end, it's not actually God's purpose. Put yourself in Peter's shoes, for example. Peter, Jesus is talking to him about going to the cross. And G Peter saying to Jesus, God, this will never happen to you. Let this never happen to you. And Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. I mean, if you were going to argue if something was the purpose of God, you would think that Peter would have been into the right. But the Bible says that he had the things of man in mind, but not the things of God. Can I tell you, when it comes to our purpose, we've got to be able to have the things of God in mind and not the things of man. Another example would be the woman that uh, she spent, imagine me coming up on stage and saying, hey, my, what do you call like, my drip, my drip cost me 40 grand. The $5,000 sweatshirt, $10,000 shoes, $5,000 pants, and a $5,000, something around that. I can't remember what I was saying, what they were, but they're all costly. Imagine if I came up, I mean, some of us would be like, ah, man, I don't know. I didn't do that. But this is more of an example to try to get you the feeling that the disciples felt when a woman poured $40,000 worth of perfume on Jesus' feet. It was a year's wage. And they were like, God, this could have been sold and the money given to help the poor. And Jesus is saying basically the exact same thing, that you don't really see what she's doing right now. She's serving a godly purpose. To man, it may not look like you have the things of man in mind, but not the things of God. So Jesus corrects them. And this is what I know is that there can be a God purpose and a good purpose. How many of y'all want a God purpose in your life? We want a God purpose 
in our life. And the thing about a God purpose, and hey, this, this may be good for my life, is that good is subjective. For someone moving into a $300,000 home, four bedroom, two bath, I don't even know if you can get that much for that, kind of, that much house for that much money anymore. But someone moving in that house, for some people, it may be a dream come true. But for some people, it may be the end of the world. Because a person that's, that's, that's not making that much or to be able to afford that house may be thinking, wow, look at this. But someone moving from, let's say, a $2 million home down into a $300,000 home, they may think like, man, this is a step back. No, because good is subjective. What is God's purpose? What is a good purpose for your life? And this is what I find about that good can also be deceiving. It can be. Take this into note today. It was not the evil side of the tree that tempted Eve. He did not look at the tree and said, wow, that's pure evil. He didn't think that. It was the good side of the tree that tempted her away from the God purpose in her life. Can I get an amen in here today? It was the good side of the tree. Write this down today. That there is a good that will lead you away from God. There is a good that we can live for, that we can strive for, that will lead us away from the God purpose on our life. Even if you follow Christ, you can still choose the good way over the God way. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 24, he says that for many false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. These are great, good signs and wonders. So if you think that it's good, well, it's got to be God, right? Just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. In your life, you will have things that look good, things that you want to pursue that look good, but they're not the God thing for your life. So Jesus is talking about deception. And the problem with deception is that it's what? It's deceiving. And we don't even know that we're being deceived. We are so convinced. No one follows. No one outrightly follows something that they know is not true. We're all in desire of the true thing in life. We all want to seek what is true. That's why you see these extremes happening in the political sphere. It's because we're so convinced that what we know is right. Because we all want to follow what we think is true. Proverbs 14, 12 says that there is a way that appears to be right. But in the end, it leads to death. Just because it appears right to you does not mean that it is right to God. Just because it is good or it looks good doesn't mean that it is right. And Paul references this, the passage that we talked about in Genesis chapter 3, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, he says, But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. It's a pure devotion to Christ. Sincere devotion to Christ. Not half in, half out, not lukewarm. Not God can have part of me, not all of me. Not, yeah, God, I want to serve you, but I also have this thing that I'm really just trying to get after and I really just want to be able to get done. It's a pure and sincere, a full devotion to Christ. A full devotion to Christ versus a half-hearted devotion to Christ will be able to decipher between someone that is going through, let's say, um, uh, regardless if they're in the mountaintops or the valleys, they choose to still serve God. But another person is contingent upon what God can do for them. That's like sincere and pure devotion to Christ that regardless of what happens, I have given my whole life over to God. So let's put ourselves in Eve's shoes for a moment. Okay, so Eve is in the middle of a garden and they're, they're surrounded by all sorts of vegetation, all sorts of fruits, delicious for eating, beneficial to your uh, digestive system for, for health and for growth. 
And so here she is in the middle of the garden, and the serpent confronts her and says, hey, look at this tree over here. When I was reading up on plants last week, I'm just going to keep on talking about plants, I think. I'm just going to keep on, because I like the word botanist, you know? Maybe, I don't know. But they, they say that there's somewhere around 2,500 species, they think, were species of trees and plants that were producing fruits that were in the garden. So of those 2,500, there was one that she wasn't allowed to touch. She wasn't allowed to eat. Let me retract that. She wasn't allowed to eat from. 2,499 choices, and she's the one that she's not supposed to go after. Now, Eve wasn't wounded. Something bad didn't happen to her. She had a perfect relationship with God. Nothing bad that maybe she could have blamed. Well, it was my upbringing. I was breathed into. I don't know. Like, it was her upbringing. You, yeah, you had God of the universe. You had a perfect relationship. But she, she, she still, still chose poorly. The devil has gotten her to question. He said, God didn't say that you will die. God didn't say this about the tree, that you will die. So the devil gets her to take her eyes off of all that God has given her onto the thing that he hasn't. Isn't that just like us? You see all the things that we do not have in life. And when it comes to your purpose, sometimes our motivation for ambition or purpose is actually based upon what we do not have. And we take for granted what we have already been given. So the, de the devil appeals to her need for more. In our lives, we have a need for more. Heard it this way, the, the three things that we got to look out for are the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Who's heard that before? Uh, like, let me see your hands. Okay, we've all seen that for the most part. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. The list is taken from Genesis chapter 3. We see that she saw the fruit that it was good for eating. It was good. That's the lust of the flesh. It was also good to the eyes. And then she said, it is desirable to make one wise. Let me go back up here in verse, uh, when she, verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of it and ate of it. The gratification of the eyes, the indulgence of the flesh, and the status and reputation that we pursue in life. These are pitfalls that we easily can fall into. And Paul is saying, it is my concern that you will be deceived just as Eve was deceived in the garden. Based off of these three things, it is us as a church that we got to be able to look out for. We got to be on guard against that. It's written throughout the whole New Testament. Paul talks about being deceived. Jude, in the book of Jude, it talks about being deceived. And Peter talks about being deceived. Jesus talks about being deceived. We have to be on guard that we are not being deceived by the, the world, by the culture of this world, and especially this Western culture of consumerism, where we just want to accumulate more. I just need a better car. Then I will arrive. I just need a better house. Then I will be happy and satisfied. I just need a spouse. Well, we just need to have kids. Well, we just need more money. When do we ever arrive? We have been deceived from, and this is, this is what I am speaking to this church today, that, <laughs> duh, because I'm talking to them, <laughs> things I have in my head, that we are so easily deceived by what we don't have 
because of this Western culture of consumerism that we take for granted what we really do have. And so we got to be on the lookout that just because it looks good does not mean it is God. Write that down today, that just because it looks good does not mean that it is God. I, had a, a, I was talking to my mom the other day, as every good child should. If you haven't called your mom in a while, you should give her a call. Um, or if it's a mother figure in your life, you should give him a call or, or talk to him. And all my mom said, I thought I would have gotten a lot more support from that demographic. So let's try it one more time. Can I get an? There we go. There we go. As every good child should, they should call their mom. And I was talking about just some, some things that, some people that, in my perspective, were producing a lot of fruit in life. And uh, this goes back from, from my childhood of people that I've known, that I've grown up with. And I said, it was more of on the conversation of what causes people that were producing fruit to no longer produce fruit anymore and to fall away. And this one person in particular had this amazing opportunity that came up. It was a couple. They had one young daughter. And uh, uh, I, look up to, I looked up to at least the, 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 the wife of this, of this man because she was heavily involved in the church. I was just a little kid. And so I wasn't, she, w- she would impart into my life, you know, whether it be pray for me, talk to me, and things like that. And uh, they ended up moving away. Well, the reason why they moved away is because he got his dream job. And he said, this is, this is I've been looking for this opportunity my entire life. Well, the, the circle, the inner circle was like, I, I don't really think that's where you're supposed to be going. It's like, no, you don't understand. Like, it's a dream job. Like, we literally move out and we own a mountain. And I work three days a week. I mean, anyone would think, wow, that's a dream job, right? Not only that, but I make twice as much money as I do now. It's a dream job. Everything looks so good. And so they move out there and... and uh, my, my mom shared with me just some things that she's like, I just didn't have a piece about it. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was just like, hey, let him go. Because if you, a few months ago, I preached a message called, you get what you want. And it was talking about Balaam and how he asked God for permission and God said no. And then he asked God again and God said yes. And God is not schizophrenic. He does not change back and forth. He, he doesn't shift like the wind. He, he, he says yes or no. And it's our responsibility to be obedient to the word that we said, not the word that we want. And so you'll pursue and you'll eventually convince yourself that God is saying one thing because you've isolated all the other voices in your life and now it's just you and God. And Adam's not saying anything. And now it's just you and the devil. And God says, hey, you know what I said. And then you start to play with the devil long enough, eventually you're gonna make a choice that leads you down the wrong path. Well, they moved away. They moved away and and, uh, the, the, the man, he's been isolated for three days at a time well, I'm not saying this is because they moved away. He ended up getting a really bad accident and uh, was in a coma. And one of the friends uh, that they developed while they were there started really helping the family. He was a, mar- he was a married man and started helping the wife. Uh, while he was in a coma, just really trying to take care of uh, the wife while the husband was in a coma, he ended up passing away uh, a few weeks later. And um, they ended up uh, uh, having an affair together uh, while he was married uh, because she was lonely and as she was cleaning out the stuff, she found uh, all this pornography in the guy in her husband's uh, trunk and in his workplace that he had developed a severe pornography addiction. Um, at the same time, her, husband, her, her daughter uh, got pregnant from the son of the man that she was seeing. I say all that to say, now, now, granted, 
God can redeem no matter how far that you've gone, no matter how dumb a decision that you've made, because we've all made some dumb decisions in our life. They are sensed right now, they are serving the Lord and they're back in the house of God, they're back being plugged in. But you can, you can arguably say that that was a route that they did not have to take. That what appeared good at that moment was not actually God. Just because all the stars align does not necessarily mean that it is God. And the reason why we pursue these things is because we all have a sense of unfulfilled satisfaction. We all want more. We all want, hey, then I have officially arrived. The thing about arriving is that once you get there, then what are you going to do? Because there's always something that is more-er. So now that you have the Honda Civic, now that you want the BMW, now that you got the BMW, now you're just looking for something more. What's better? What's better that's around the corner? And James 4.2 says this, that, that so within your life and within your family and within your, within your group of, of, of influence, it says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? So it comes back to like a desire, a desire within me. He says, what's causing all this strife? Doesn't it come from like that desire within you? You desire, but you don't have. So you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. He's talking to a heart of a matter. Like, man, I would do whatever it takes to get what I want. You do not have it because you do not ask God. So you go to God. If you want it, God is up in heaven and he knows how to give good gifts to his children, right? How much more you who are evil give good gifts to your children then he who is good knows how to give good gifts to those that are his children as well. He says, you don't have because you don't ask God. He says, just ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And this verse right here sums up most of what I'm talking about today, that we can pursue something that looks good to us, to our eyes, to our heart, but we gotta be able to check the Bible says, don't trust your heart, for it's deceivingly wicked. Well, I'm just going to follow my heart. I'm just going to follow it. No, you got to follow your principles. You got to follow your disciplines. Well, I just want to stay up late. No, you got to get to bed because you got to get up in the morning because you got a family you got to provide for, and you got a life that you're living. You got something that you're building towards, not something that you're going through. So I'm just going to stay up every night of the week. Some of us, I'm going to talk to disciplines here in a moment, especially men in this house. Men, you are called to be so much more. God has so much more for us than to just go to our eight to five, nine to five, whatever your work schedule is, come home, eat, throw on the TV, go to bed. There is so much more. In order for us to grab a hold of what God has for us and to build upon us, we got to have a, some sort of foundation that he can build upon. Because something that's flaky and that goes wherever it wants, whenever the wind blows, well, I don't really feel like it today. I don't really feel like reading my Bible today. I don't really feel like going to church today. I don't really feel like loving my wife today. I don't really feel like being a parent to my kids today. We cannot be led by our feelings. We have to be led by our disciplines our choices, our decisions. So I'm going to decide today who the man I am going to be right now, but also tomorrow. So, well, I want to be able to get up early. So what do you got to do? Go to bed early. 
You got to be a person that lives off of disciplines. And so for us, we got to be able to have a good perspective, not necessarily what could have happened in the Garden of Eden that we may think that God is holding out on us. I need you to know today that God is not holding out on you. God's not holding out on you his purpose. God's not holding out on you his calling. God's not holding it out on you. Because what did the servant say? He says, you won't die. For God knows the moment that you eat of it, you will know the knowledge between good and evil. So now here, Eve is perfect relationship with God, arguably getting to the point where she thinks that God is holding out on her. So she tries to go about it another way to get what is ultimately in her heart, the good way, not the God way. She pursues it the good way, not the God way, because ultimately the Holy Spirit is trying to lead us into all truth. Like there's a, there's a level of, of plan that God has for our lives that are, is, is, is a certain order that we need to go about, okay? And so James 1.16 says this. It says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. God's not holding out on you. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So he said it. Now he's going to walk in it. He said it. Now it's going to happen. He doesn't change like we do, shifting shadows. He doesn't go back on it. God is not fickle. If God speaks something, we got to remain grounded on that word. Well, maybe God was just trying to give me a different type of perspective. And maybe, you know, maybe, well, I'm going to stay grounded on that word that I felt like God spoke to me. I'm not going to try to pursue it just a different, trying to pursue it through a different avenue that may look good, but it's not God. So get this today, for, 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 for this is one of the, the, the last points that I'm sharing with you, that you need to settle it in your heart that there is nothing good outside of God. And many of us would say, yeah, absolutely. Now, if you follow God in here, if you follow Jesus and God is the Lord of your life, um, uh, this is something that we need to continually be reminded of. Because we have a desire to pursue things outside of God's will for our lives. But if you don't follow God in here, this is just a perfect example that everything else in our life will end up unfulfilling our hearts. That we can pursue something our entire lives and never actually be satisfied because what we get was never meant to satisfy. It was never meant to satisfy our heart's desire. It was never meant because ultimate satisfaction, ultimate fulfillment, and ultimate purpose is not found in the accumulation of possessions, but is found in God's presence. That what if you really took a moment and looked at and took inventory of all the things that God has given you in your life and provided for you in your life? You took a moment to praise God just for that. And so your whole life, we will go about pursuing things and never grabbing a hold of it because God is withholding it because God does not want us to find satisfaction in something that is fleeting. So he's trying to give you a perfect gift. He's trying to give it, but it's got to be in order. You got to be satisfied by him first, not the thing first, not the perfect job, not the perfect car, not the perfect marriage, not the perfect kids. You don't find that in the world. You find that first in God. But if we're unhappy, so we, we live our life in a perpetual state of unhappiness because we refuse to see the very thing that God has already given us as significant. And if you haven't been paying attention this whole message, 
It's all right. It's not all right, but this is the main thing that I felt like God wanted to get across to you today. Let me say that again. That we live our life in a perpetual state of unhappiness because we refuse to see the very thing that God has given us as significant. So we have disdain for our family because we think that they are holding us back. We have disdain for our jobs. If I just got out, we have disdain for our houses, our vehicles, our area of influence. In our pursuit of significance, we actually diminish what God has entrusted us with. See, what if true satisfaction wasn't in receiving something from God, but it was taking gratitude in all that you already have from him? What has God given you that you have begun to take for granted? What if your faithfulness to the small talent that God gave you, that he has entrusted you with, was actually bigger than just you? That his purpose in your life isn't about you. It's about his kingdom and the part that you play in his story. It is the role that God needs you to fill in order to accomplish his purposes on earth. You get it? We're all obsessed with our purpose. And God is saying, no, it's about my purpose, his purpose on earth. It's about your purpose and his purpose that really matters. In his purpose. And his purpose is to have his kingdom come on earth, that Jesus would be lifted high and that his church would become a people called by his name. So don't get distracted by what you want to be, that you miss the bigger picture of who God needs you to be. Because what I see happening in church is that everyone wants to be Paul, but no one wants to be Gamaliel. That was the guy that taught Paul, the apostle Paul. Everyone wants to be Mary, but no one wants to be Elizabeth. Everyone wants to be John or James, but no one wants to be Zebedee, their father. Everyone wants to be Ruth, but no one wants to be Naomi. Everyone wants to be Elijah, but no one wants to be plowing a field, Elisha. Everyone wants the burning bush moment, but no one wants to be a shepherd for 40 years. That's the story of Moses. Moses was a shepherd 40 years in the desert until he had that burning bush moment. Everyone wants to slay the giant. No one wants to deliver the cheese and the bread. Everyone wants to be the leader, but not many want to be the servant. And I wrote this down here. I'm not really sure um, this is going to speak to someone. I would rather be in the house of God during a famine than in Egypt with plenty. It's about perspective. It's about staying rooted. It's about staying planted. It's about, you know what? I'm not after that thing. I am after the God thing. Just because it looks good doesn't mean that it's God. These ambitions in our lives are good. Let me preface that for some of y'all being, what are you saying? I'm not supposed to have any ambitions. The ambitions are good. But left untamed, not in their right order, they will abort God's given purpose. They will give the illusion of fulfillment, but we will end up sacrificing our calling, our God calling, for a good calling. Psalm 37, 4 says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, there is significance in what you are doing right now. Not one day when, but right now. 
So don't let the devil deceive you into thinking that today or what you're doing right now does not have significance. So quit comparing your every day to whatever you see on social media or on TV and while they're doing this and they're doing that. Because what you are doing is significant. What God has asked you to do is significant. Not just in your purpose, but his. So parent in here that thinks it's all about you and your job and your income and your status. But you have kids in here that need a father or need a mother in your house, in your physical house, not even just the house of God. And so now you're sacrificing the bigger picture for something that looks good. And so you'll be away traveling all the time when your kids need a father. And so you sacrifice the next generation for your good purpose. And so in your life, this is what I need you to get across today and, and that that the devil has been trying to get you to see that what you are doing is insignificant and that you need to be doing more or something different in order to make a lasting impact. So he appeals to this desire for more. This is desirable for gaining wisdom. It's desirable for more. But I'm here to tell you today that the devil is a liar and that what God has entrusted you with at this moment is significant. And God wants to use it for his good pleasure. So give it all you've got. I'll give you the last point here is that the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. I'll have you stand to your feet. And so really what I'm speaking to today is a level of gratitude. That uneasiness that you've been feeling in your heart of unsatisfaction, unfulfillment. I'm going to pray that there's a discernment on you to know, is that a level of unsatisfaction that God is using to drive you to be more disciplined, a, a better man of God so he can build on you? Or if it's maybe it's something that the devil's trying to use to drive you away from the thing that he's called you to. We've got to be able to have discernment. I mean, how many of you all want to know God's will for your life, right? Everyone, I think every hand would go up and say, I want to know God, God, what am I supposed to do? And I want to help try to lift something off of you today, okay? We look at God's purpose for our life in accordance with the values that we find in scripture. From that point on, that's why it's so important that you read your word, you stay grounded in the word of God, so it's lifting up Jesus, it's, it's, it's being a part of the church, it's, it's a, a man and a woman that continues to grow, produce and fruit. That's why it's important that you read your Bible. So we live our lives based off of the values we find in there. But after you get that and you delight yourself in the Lord, the Bible says whatever your hand finds to do. It didn't say, well, only if you do this, only if you do that. It says whatever your hand finds to do, God can take care of the rest. If your goal and your purpose is to glorify God and to serve him rather than what do I want and what looks best for me, not my good purpose, but God's, God, God's purpose, you can't go wrong. Because if your heart's in the right spot, 
He knows how to get you where you need to be when you need to be there. So that's something that you always need to have in perspective. Is my heart in the right perspective now that I'm starting this business? Is my heart in the right perspective now that we're moving into this house? Is my heart in the right perspective now that I'm going to this college? Because maybe it's not about the college that you're supposed to go to, but it's more about who you are when you get there. You see how God works? Is that it's more about who you are and the heart that you carry than the thing that you do. So we want to talk about purpose. Let's be the right thing first. God can take care of the rest. We're going to delight ourselves in the Lord. And he will fulfill those desires. He'll give us the right desires. Would you lift your hands today? I want to pray for you. Father God, we thank you for the people of my city church. We pray that you would cover them, that you would keep them, that your face would shine upon them. God, I pray that you would give them a discerning heart, that they would be able to know to go this way or that way, to the right or to the left, that you would be able to speak to them saying, this is the way, now walk in it. And so God, we give our lives fully over to you. God, not just in what we feel like and the parts that we feel like we want to give over to you, God, but all of it. God, we give it all over to you today. God, I pray that you'd give each and every single person in this house a discerning heart, a discerning spirit. God, that we would not be taken captive by the things of this world, the eyes, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, or the pride of life, the significance that we're trying to chase after. God, that we end up missing and aborting and forfeiting all the things that you've already entrusted us with. God, help us to not look at the one with two talents or five talents and to despise the one talent we've been given. God, I pray that we wouldn't look at it as, well, it's just one talent, but you would help us to see the significance of being entrusted with something by our Heavenly Father. I pray that you would anoint their hands today, anoint their hands to walk in the God-given purpose today. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.